If you didn't know anything about mushrooms before, you will after you hear this. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Growing mushrooms is a totally different kind of farming than what you'd normally think of here in Wisconsin. And Andrew Griffin's story of how he got into growing mushrooms is just as unique. He's a Wisconsin native growing up around farms, but without farm experience. He got an education in economics at UW, but preferred working in the food sector, either on organic farms or in kitchens. It wasn't until the height of COVID when he decided to pursue growing mushrooms. He jokes part of the reason was that no one was hiring at that time, but growing mushrooms was already a hobby that he was passionate about. Today, Andrew Griffin owns Micro Micro Growers in downtown Madison, growing mushrooms for restaurants and farmers markets. Andrew describes what this city farm looks like. It really looks like a laboratory more than anything else. Um, So this space that I'm in used to be a call center, so like telecommunications. And if you look up the ceiling, there's still all sorts of um, uh, like Ethernet cables and that sort of thing. So when I walked in, there's like cubicles and a carpeted floor and like a a work sink and a microwave and that sort of thing. So just turning it into the space that it is now, which is uh, like a concrete suite with water access. That's really what it is at at the most basic level was a really long part of the 15 months. Actually, like moving all my equipment in here and getting it set up was a lot shorter than it took just to make it available for use. Is your operation normal, quote unquote, compared to other commercial mushroom producers? Um, So you can really divide mushroom producers into two categories. Traditional mushroom producers, which are growing the white button mushrooms, portobello mushrooms, and then like gourmet mushroom producers. Um, Since gourmet mushrooms really aren't very popular and it's an extremely emerging industry, there isn't really a normal operation yet. It kind of depends on where, where you are, what you have access to, and what sort of equipment you might be able to put together. There's no industry standard um, when it comes to cultivation equipment, whether it's like processing or harvesting or anything like that for gourmet mushrooms. So there's a huge amount of innovation that goes into it in terms of building your own equipment from recycled parts or from other pieces of machinery that might be used for something else traditionally. So there, long story short, there really isn't no, there really is no like standard gourmet mushroom operation then your operation is as unique as anyone else's and it starts with how you start the mushroom i like the comparison you had made where growing mushrooms is kind of like sourdough starter which some of our listeners might be familiar with you start it and you feed it and you make bread but you you keep using that that same starter yeah so walk us through that process for mushrooms Yeah, we even use the same word, so culture or starter, I guess would be the same idea. So you're using the same genetic material to start every mushroom that you grow. So in nature, a mushroom would be growing from a spore, typically it would be the start of its life cycle, but that takes a long time and it's not very precise because you get all all sorts of genetic genetic differences from, from each organism to each organism. So mushrooms are served from a culture, which is really like a cloning process. So... Having that culture, you can introduce it into a more nutritious medium, in this case, oats, which is called spawning. And that really makes what is essentially a mushroom seed that you can then put into a larger base uh, of nutrition and have it grow out. So putting the culture onto, uh, onto spawn is probably the most scientific part of the whole growing process and definitely the most precise. There's a lot of, a lot of room for error. And I think that Uh, It's really probably the thing that makes my business viable is producing my own spawn. Um, It is a bit more labor intensive and like I said, an exact process. But if you don't do that from scratch, uh, it's not very cost effective. So it's probably the most important thing that I do here is produce my own spawn. And that's because 
mushrooms are competing with other fungi, other bacteria. So you really have to be careful and making sure that there's no other competition similar to, you know, corn competing with weeds. Yeah, I call them, I call them fungal weeds. So every breath you take, there's millions of spores and all those spores are looking for uh, a place to grow out. And so you're creating this perfect environment to grow a mushroom. There's going to be other stuff that wants to grow on it too. So fighting back the fungal and bacterial weeds is the other most important component of mushroom farming. And that's done mostly through uh, heat sterilization and working in sterile environments. So again, back talking back like a laboratory setting, having the lab equipment in here that you can work in a sterile environment makes it look pretty scientific. You're starting the mushroom spores, you know, they, they're growing. Now it's time to transfer them to what we may think of as a log, not necessarily a literal log. What's that next step? That's called spawning to bulk, and you're exactly right. It is kind of like a log. It's more of an artificial log, so compressed sawdust and nutritional supplement into you know something that's more or less log-shaped. So that's what all the mushrooms I'm growing here would be growing on in nature is on a log. So we want to recreate that environment um, that they'd be growing on naturally, but just in a more commercially viable setting. So tell me about the components of this artificial log. So you've got the spawn, like I was talking about before. So that's essentially the mushroom culture put onto onto oats, and that's like the seeds. You've got the substrate, which is the bulk uh, the bulk nutritional component. So that's more akin to soil, and that's a mixture of sawdust and soybean hulls. And then you've got a container bag, which uh, just holds everything together, keeps all those bacterial and fungal weeds out, and then allows for a gas exchange. So as they're slowly decomposing this artificial log, they're putting out carbon dioxide and they need oxygen. So creating that perfect balance of, uh, of a growing environment stays pretty easy if you just seal everything in a, an enclosed environment like a bag. And if you're listening and you want to see pictures, I have these at MidwestFarmReport.com so you can kind of see this step-by-step process because it's hard to explain unless you're laying eyes on it. In this step, while they're on this artificial log, they're not mushrooms yet. They're still like white fuzzy. What next? Yeah, so there's two main components to what we know as a fungus. There's the vegetative state, which is contained in that artificial log. And so you're right, it looks kind of white and fuzzy. And that's the mycelium, a word that a lot of people have heard that make that turns it white like that. And then you've got the actual mushroom itself. So the mushroom is a reproductive organ of the fungus that grows off of the vegetative part of it. So you have a log or an artificial log, and you see the mushroom growing out from the log. Uh, that mushroom that you see is just a temporary organ of the whole organism that's contained within the log. So uh, you've got the two very separate components, um, and you only really ever see just the mushroom part if you're in nature. Unless you like happen to pull back the bark on a decomposing like rotten log or something, you see white fuzz, you would never really see the, the my, mycelial component of uh, the artificial log unless you're looking for it. So what's the timeline that we're looking at here? What's the average timeline between starting the mushroom and harvesting starting from a very basic culture um, you can grow an oyster mushroom in as little as seven to eight weeks fully grown like on the shelf ready to eat i'm curious what your input costs look like especially when you have to have you know a building with electricity etc etc versus um, the premium that people are paying for these gourmet mushrooms it really comes down to, as most farmers know, uh, your own labor is essentially free. So that's where like a lot of the a lot of the cost comes in. Um, so figuring out exactly what labor cost is is one part of the equation. But since mushrooms are really grown on uh, recycled materials or uh, things that people aren't looking for in other capacities, uh, the inputs are pretty cheap. 
there's a decent amount of energy that goes into it in terms of the like the pasteurization and the mixing processes and there's a decent amount of money that just goes into rent since it's an indoor building um, but the bulk of the expenses would come down to labor how many pounds maybe of mushrooms are you shipping out every week yep uh every week i'm doing about 200 pounds um and that's kind of at the maximum capacity of this space here so i'm in 1400 square feet uh, if that gives you an idea uh and most of it's going to restaurants but i also do two farmers markets so between all of those customers um 200 pounds a week is all i can grow but i'm you know i i wish i could grow more it's just a matter of how much actual space i have there's a lot more demand for it than i can fill right now so 200 pounds a week where does that put you in like producer scale level like is that a lot is that not a lot it's definitely more than some folks you'd just see at the farmer's market, um, but it's not, not nearly as much as like a huge industrial mushroom farm out in California growing the white bud mushrooms that's doing, you know, a million pounds a month or something like that. Yeah. So since I'm just one person, a lot of it really does come down to labor. That's, a, that's the biggest bottleneck for me. How much do mushrooms go for per pound? At the farmer's market, so a retail price, usually looking about $20 a pound, um, sold in about quarter pound or four ounce portions. Um, but for wholesale, which is most of my business, uh, it d- goes from about seven fifty a pound to $9 a pound, depending on the variety. How much does it go for at the grocery store? If you compare like my prices to the grocery store oyster mushrooms, uh, even at the farmer's market, I'm selling for cheaper than you could get at the grocery store just because I don't have to do any packaging. I don't have to do a whole ton of transportation or storage. Just being in the, you know, being so close by to everything really cuts down on that cost and keeps my uh, sell price low too, which people definitely appreciate. Tell me about the demand out there for these types of, of mushrooms. I mean, you said earlier in our interview that people are going bananas for gourmet mushrooms. What, what exactly does that look like? Um, so this is actually something I've done a good amount of research on. Over the next 10 years, the gourmet mushroom um, market is supposed to more than double. And actually, since I did my research about a year ago, it's well beyond that pace. Um, so people really can't get enough of mushrooms. They kind of fit this really nice niche of being able to, one, be grown indoors and in an urban environment. Um, two, they're good for you, and people are looking for more protein alternatives compared to animal protein, and so they fit that very nicely. And three, most people just don't know how good mushrooms can taste, and I think that might be one of the biggest contributing factors is that having six or seven varieties that people have never even heard of before, they start to see the culinary potential of uh, what mushrooms could be, more than just your like typical white button mushrooms or portobello mushrooms. So there's a huge range of flavors and textures that people are just completely unfamiliar with, um, in the States particularly. So like over in China or any like Asian country, they eat like a hundred times more mushrooms per capita than we do here. And that's probably just due to the variety that they have and how many different ways they can use them. You brought up urban agriculture and that's something that folks have probably seen, you know, in headlines or in the news because the USDA is making investments in urban agriculture. People in urban areas are becoming more interested in farming. What does urban agriculture mean to you are you seeing it trending? People are really interested, especially in Madison, where their food comes from. Um, and I know that Madison definitely has always had kind of like the locavore uh, community, people who are really interested in local food. But just in general, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for cost savings when you're talking about local food. Uh, none of my customers I have to deliver to too far away since they're all here in town. So that cuts down on a ton of transportation and time. And there's a good amount of uh, storage involved in that, too. So if I don't have to store everything for too long, that also cuts down on how much I'm paying for electricity. Uh, But just in general, people like to know where their food's coming from and being able to put what they're eating to a face and they know, like, it's coming from someone who they've shaken their hand or they know who 
they know my first name and they know what my face looks like. There's just a, a nice level of trust between the producer and the community that people are willing to pay a little bit more for something that they believe in. And something that they believe in being, you know, just they know what is going into their food, uh, especially as more people become concerned about what they're eating and, you know, their diet. Uh, just knowing who's growing your food can go a long way in a, in a peace of mind. Andrew Griffin says there could very well be a mushroom farm near you as folks transition from hobby to commercial growing in order to meet demand. He recommends you visit one. Andrew joins us from Micro Micro Growers in downtown Madison. He grows about five varieties of mushrooms for restaurants and farmers markets. Some of the varieties that you may have heard of include trumpets, oyster, and lion's mane. This is a COVID-era farm business that has seen success as folks become more interested in gourmet mushrooms. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.